Brilliance Audio presents Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams by Philip K. Dick Performed by Peter Burkrod, Jeff Cummings, Patrick Lawler, Tanya Eby, and Luke Daniels That's a strange suit you have on, the robot pub trans driver observed. It slid back its door and came to rest at the curb. What are the little round things? Those are buttons, George Miller explained. They are partly functional, partly ornamental. This is an archaic suit of the twentieth century. I wear it because of the nature of my employment. He paid the robot, grabbed up his briefcase, and hurried along the ramp to the history agency. The main building was already open for the day. Robed men and women wandered everywhere. Miller entered a private lift, squeezed between two immense controllers from the pre-Christian division, and in a moment was on his way to his own level, the middle twentieth century. Gorning, he murmured as controller Fleming met him at the atomic engine exhibit. Gorning, Fleming responded brusquely. Look here, Miller, let's have this out once and for all. What if everyone dressed like you? The government sets up strict rules for dress— can't you forget your damn anachronisms once in a while? What in God's name is that thing in your hand? It looks like a squashed Jurassic lizard. This is an alligator hide briefcase, Miller explained. I carry my study spools in it. The briefcase was an authority symbol of the managerial class of the later 20th century. He unzipped the briefcase. Try to understand, Fleming. By accustoming myself to everyday objects of my research period, I transform my relation from mere intellectual curiosity to genuine empathy. You have frequently noticed I pronounce certain words oddly. The accent is that of an American businessman of the Eisenhower administration. Dig me? Eh? Fleming muttered. Dig me was a twentieth-century expression. Miller laid out his study spools on his desk. Was there anything you wanted? If not, I'll begin today's work. I've uncovered fascinating evidence to indicate that although 20th century Americans laid their own floor tiles, they did not weave their own clothing. I wish to alter my exhibits on this matter. There's no fanatic like an academician, Fleming grated. You're two hundred years behind times, immersed in your relics and artifacts, your damn authentic replicas of discarded trivia. I love my work, Miller answered mildly. Nobody complains about your work, but there are other things than work. You're a political social unit here in this society. Take warning, Miller. The board has reports on your eccentricities. They approve devotion to work. His eyes narrowed significantly. But you go too far. My first loyalty is to my art, Miller said. Your what? What does that mean? A twentieth-century term. There was undisguised superiority on Miller's face. You're nothing but a minor bureaucrat in a vast machine. You're a function of an impersonal cultural totality. You have no standards of your own. In the twentieth century, men had personal standards of workmanship, artistic craft, pride of accomplishment— these words mean nothing to you. You have no soul. 
Another concept from the golden days of the twentieth century, when men were free and could speak their minds. Beware, Miller. Fleming blanched nervously and lowered his voice. You damn scholars, come up out of your tapes and face reality. He'll get us all in trouble talking this way. Idolize the past if you want, but remember, it's gone and buried. Times change. Society progresses. He gestured impatiently at the exhibits that occupied the level. That's only an imperfect replica. You impugn my research. Miller was seething. This exhibit is absolutely accurate. I correct it to all new data. There isn't anything I don't know about the twentieth century.